Wir gehen jetzt in den Wassers los. It's Deinen Freundo, Seth, I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh, German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name. Actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Nintendo! Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat for the week of March 20th, 2015. I am your host, Jose Otero, and this is IGN's Nintendo Show. Joining me this week, I have two special guests. First of all, Mitch Dyer, thank you so much for stepping up to join us this week. Anytime, man. Super excited to be here. Absolutely. And making his Nintendo Voice Chat debut, very good friend of the show, Francisco Velasquez. Woo! Hi. Uh, thank you, Jose, for having me. Absolutely. Very excited. So for folks who are listening, Francisco is actually one of our mobile developers. He helps. What do you do? Yeah. Tell, so tell the folks. Actually, last week was my uh, one-year anniversary working for IGN. Nice. Congrats, Ooh. man. Thank you. Uh, I've been doing mobile development with uh, another coworker, uh, Josh. So shout out to Josh. Uh, and yeah, you could contact me if you use our IGN app, either on Android or iOS. Just hit me up, be like, "Hey, yo, this is broken." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which some people do, and you get to it, right? Yep. Absolutely, cool, man. Thanks so much for joining us, and it's very relevant to have you both here this week because possibly the biggest story that at least people will be talking about potentially for years to come, this decision that happened Tuesday afternoon in Japan. 
Nintendo and mobile publisher or mobile sort of a systems platform supporter, DNA uh, announced a team-up to bring smartphone games using Nintendo IP to Japan. Massive. (laughs) Like, that's your brain. That's what it sounds like. What? (laughs) Like, there are so many layers to this deal that blew my mind. Like, I was in Poland for work, and I was sitting at the breakfast table, and it was me and the UK IGN team. And we're watching all this happen, and we're like, oh, wow, like, Nintendo and DNA are teaming up. That's really interesting. Don't know Mm -hmm. what for. Yep. Oh, wow, they're going to make uh, Nintendo IP on mobile games. Oh, none of it's going to be ports. It's all going to be original games. Yeah. Oh, Nintendo's doing all the development. DNA is just the platform. Yeah. <laughs> like, so they have the technology. Like, this is all huge. the stuff to unpack. This is ginormous. Like, this is all the stuff Iwata said they would never do. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, so, first of all, exactly that. For the longest time, despite tremendous shareholder pressure, despite standing up at meetings while the company was losing money for the past three years, Nintendo's president, Satoru Iwata, would constantly say, we're not going to put our games on mobile devices. We would rather find a way to harness them, to direct people back to Nintendo IP. Turns out this became the answer. Like, what was your response? What was your reaction to this when you first heard? Two years ago, I was uh, really against this. Yeah. um, I preferred... to use to play Nintendo games on their hardware because I believe that their company is very good at innovating on hardware and you could see the games like Zelda Skyward Sword that mm-hmm. utilize the Wii Motion Plus on the 3DS. Uh, you have glass fle- uh, glasses free 3D. 3D. Yeah. And on mobile, um, you just see this uh, very um, just short games that you pick up when you're in a commute. And so uh, I thought they would never approach that. Um, yeah. And two years ago, I was uh, really against that. Um, I kind of wanted them to keep on going with their hardware. I also believe that going mobile would also cannibalize some of their... Yeah, uh, absolutely. And that's been platform. the fear for a long time. Would it cannibalize sort of the games that they make and, and their their own platforms? Specifically, like, they're still handheld, dedicated handheld makers. The 3DS still exists. It's not going away, or it's not supposed to. They just put out a new 3DS yep. a month ago in the States. But so you're saying you were against this. Does that mean you're not against it anymore? Yeah. So now that they're partnering with uh, DNA, I'm I'm a little bit more uh, uh, going for that uh, uh, that decision. Um, I believe that there's a huge space for them to take advantage of the um, massive numbers that are for mobile, uh, iOS and Android. Um, I feel like that really helps them out, and mm-hmm. maybe they could focus more on their console front. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So to unpack some of this deal, Mitch has already gone into a a little bit of it. But basically, Nintendo has said, first of all, as part of this capital alliance, which is what they called it, uh, business (laughs) capital alliance, such interesting wording, both companies decided to purchase a stake in each other's company. It turns out that that value of stake is $181 million. So that means that DNA now owns 1.24% of Nintendo. Meanwhile, Nintendo now owns 10% of DNA and is now the second largest shareholder, excuse me, of that company. Um, That's, like, to me, that just shows this is not Nintendo going, well, we don't really know what to do, so we're going to try out this mobile fit. Like, this is Nintendo committing. They are serious about this. They're $181 million, 10% of another company serious about this. Yeah, absolutely. No, and that's a great way to put it. Um, Also, just talking about how DNA is, so Nintendo's designing games internally. DNA will distribute the games and create a membership service that stretches across smart devices and video game systems. Another thing Nintendo and Iwata has been talking about for a while. I mean, let's face it, Club Nintendo was more of a, uh, what do you call that? Sort of a member's reward Yeah, it was like a merchandise platform more than a actual, like, connectivity service between users. Yeah. Or just the idea of the user ID was even like... It, yeah. It, it didn't really fit Club Nintendo and the eShop. And, and it, it had nothing to do with your player separate. profile. It was like the rewards program and your player ID were totally separate. Yep. Aside from, hey, I bought this game and now it's on my rewards profile. Exactly. But now it's this... What they're doing now, it sounds more like DNA's platform will be an Xbox Live PSN-esque kind of service where yeah. your devices are united, you can access your stuff on PC, yeah. on mobile. Yep. All that stuff. And even Nintendo Network ID, to an extent, isn't really that, right? Like, it's going yeah. to be, to, to some degree, an improvement on that. All right. So then uh, let's talk about ports. Flat out saying it, Iwata says, please note, even if we use the same IP, and by the way, any IP is up for grabs. It's Mario, Animal Crossing, doesn't matter. Nintendo's not putting restrictions on that. But anyway, going back to what he said, uh, 
even if we use the same IP on our dedicated video game systems and smart devices, we will not port the titles for the former to the latter just as they are. The, there are significant differences in the controls, strengths, and weaknesses between controllers for dedicated systems and the touchscreens of smart devices. We have no intention at all of porting to port existing games for dedicated game platforms to smart devices because we cannot, we cannot provide our consumers with the best possible play experiences. It would ruin the value of Nintendo's IP. Suck it, Square. It's <laughs> not <laughs> throwing bombs, oh man. My God. Square, yeah. like Square, ported like all the old NES Final Fantasy games, and mm-hmm. then more of them. Even like I think like six yeah. is on there. Yep, yep. All like Nintendo's like, no, nah, we don't want to do that. We don't want to use like virtual thumbstick trash. It sounds like whatever they're doing, they're going to tailor it to the platform. They're they're not going to just say, all right, let's just make a new Pokemon game with digital thumbsticks. They're going to do something to kind of accommodate the hardware, which is interesting. Yeah, uh, there are actually several really good games on uh, the mobile platform. One of them is uh, Monument Valley, mm-hmm. and uh, which just shows you that you could have an amazing game that um, doesn't have to have on-screen controls. Yeah. Uh, you could have a very uh, deep game gameplay and puzzles mm-hmm. and taking advantage of the full uh, hardware of mobile devices. So that's actually something that uh, is very interesting to me, the fact that they're not just going to take a 3DS game and port it over and then deal with on-screen buttons where you're covering the entire screen. I'm actually hoping to see some interesting gameplay, not a Nintendo thing that could pull something really interesting. Yeah, and we've been t- I, I feel like all of us, even though we've had separate conversations on this topic, all agree that the minute you put a digital D-pad or a, a, an on-screen D-pad and on-screen buttons, you failed. Yeah. In, in mobile development, honestly, I think you failed. Like, that's not what it is for. It is a familiar interface for people, but it doesn't mean anything uh, to, to an extent in terms of that. It's just not tactile enough. It's not, yeah. your, your fingers are just sliding all over the place. And you no matter how hard it takes to train yourself to accommodate yourself to that, it just doesn't work. Um, I will say, though, that off the top of my head, franchises I'd like to see, and I'd like you guys to think about that real quick, too. I'd love to see Rhythm Heaven on an iPhone or on a, on a smart device. Like, I feel like the one on DS had really s- played around with really simple inputs. Yep. I'm a big sufferer for music and rhythm games. Yeah. I really like sort of the, the sort of the energy and the flow of that series specifically because you're always part of a performance, and the game is full of in-jokes to remind you that you are. Like, the minute you mess up, the guy to your left is, like, awkwardly looking over at you, like, <laughs> hey, bro, get it together. Like, I, we're, we're out here performing. So I think that's a lot of fun. WarioWare is another uh, example yeah, of something very I similar, really like. similar functionality to Rhythm Heaven where it's just like short bursts, very quick input. Yeah. That's it. So I'm at a loss though for, uh, um, Animal Crossing also makes sense, but I'm at a loss for like what does Mario or Zelda even look like? But l- l- before yeah. we tackle those, what are some games you guys oh, want man. to see? Tell you right now. Made? Hold up your phone for a second, Jose. Just pick it up. Okay. Pokemon Snap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, snap a picture. Yes. Nice. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, man. Like, if you can use that in a 3D space, I think, uh, like, Papa Sangre mm-hmm. is this uh, iOS game where, like, you have to actually like, stand up and, like, use your body and move it around. Use, like, a 3D space to detect and move, like, to navigate. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. If you could do that with Pokemon Snap, man, it'd be yeah, so great. Like, you're on, fun, if you're on the same man. tour, but you're just, like, moving around in 360 degrees to, like, find different Pokemon and trying to snap actual photos with your yeah, actual yeah, phone. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. good. All right. What's one you want? And um, you can think of another if you like. Yeah. So, Mario's one of my favorite characters, and Zelda. So, like, um, I just would like to see um, sort of like uh, adventure game style with Zelda, where you know it's not too uh, confusing for players mm-hmm. uh, with controls. Yeah. But or limiting in, in terms of by the controls either, right? Yeah. Like that's a challenge. Yeah, so if somehow they could mix up... You know what game comes close to mind when you mention that, though? Have you ever played Sword and Sorcery? Yes. Did you ever hear of that oh, game? Man. Yeah. That? That yeah. Is a very, that's a very sort of Zelda-esque type yeah. game. But, it, it's but a, way slowed down. Yeah, yeah, way slowed down and also uh, a lot more reliant on the world telling you a story yeah. than, you know, sort of text bubbles and things kind of explaining to you. I feel like characters in Zelda kind of fill in the gaps, whereas it doesn't do silent storytelling. Mm-hmm. But Sword and Sorcery absolutely did that, and that's something that's really cool. I'm wondering if Nintendo's going to... And I doubt this will be the case because Nintendo isn't that developer. However, DNA is. Like, I was terrified when this deal came to be because DNA is notorious for making games that are good, but what they are is they're just clones of other games. Yeah. They do clones of Clash of Clans. They do clones of Kingdom Rush. They do all... Everything they do is... Not everything. Most of the stuff they do is copies of other games with worse free-to-play models. 
Mm. Mm-hmm. And that sucks. And I hope that that's not something that kind of Nintendo takes inspiration from. I hope they don't do an yeah. Animal Crossing kind of Clash of Clans style city building thing. Sure. I sure. hope they don't take you know, a tower defense thing and just make it Kingdom Rush. Well, it sounds like from the get-go, like, Nintendo is being very careful and and being outright saying, like, we cannot inundate Nintendo fans with, like, you know, in-game purchases or just really... So that free-to-play Pokemon game probably isn't happening. Yeah, I don't want want to say, like, sleazy, but it is sort of sleazy, right? But that sort of practice of constantly using hooks that can make you end up having to pay, sort of the pay-to-win model versus the pay, you know, the free, sort of free-to-play joy or something. And Nintendo's never going to let words with friends ads pop up in the middle of your Zelda adventure. This is not going to happen. So yeah. You better expect like a Pokemon game on iOS is going to be not maybe expensive but definitely at a premium price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was actually thinking about uh, Captain Toad. Yeah. Uh, where <gasps> Perfect. Game is amazing on the gamepad if you just translate that to an iPad. Just have yeah. Monument Valley controls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Monument Spin Valley the world, from... tap a square, you're good yeah. to go. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a really good suggestion. Yeah. Super Mario Endless Runner. That's got to be inevitable, I right? I don't know if <laughs> I want to. No. That, but that would be a clone in some degree. Yeah. Uh, to some degree. And I feel like Nintendo probably wouldn't want that to happen, let alone you know what? it happen. I want a Mario Endless Runner because Nintendo is so good at looking at an existing genre and going, okay, well, we're super creative. Yeah. Let's come up with 25 really cool new ideas and put it all in one game. And now that genre is way better than it ever was. Yeah. I would love for them to do that with an Endless Runner. Give me Donkey Kong Jungle Beat. Again. Oh, my God. But, but uh, something yes. like that. Because that series, uh, well, granted, no bongos because it's on a smartphone. But No, you just play that, with, like, your iPad in the middle and two phones on the side. Yeah, and you get a different slash so each one. No, no. But, but in all honesty, like, that series especially, like, it's sort of the precursor to a lot of the Endless Runners. And it wasn't an Endless Runner. I yeah. mean, you had to sort of slam on uh, either side of the drums to get him to move. But the way they s- designed the stages... So that there were all these bananas you can grab and yeah. enemies you can punch. And even the boss fights required sort of a Punch-Out-esque sort of timing uh, minigame involved with them. That could be a lot of fun. Local competitive Mario Party. Okay. I would love yeah. that. Like, okay. Space Team is such a silly, dumb game. Artemis is a really awesome game Space for Team local play. Yeah. Like, stuff like that so is wait, tell, great. Tell the people on the mic who don't know what Space Team is. Let's say there's so, five people in the world. Yeah, who so if, if Francisco, Jose, and I are playing Space Team, we're each holding out our iPhones, and on there is, like, a control panel for a spaceship. And it's got a bunch of, like, made-up lingo with weird words that are hard to pronounce. And we are each given an assignment to tell the other what to do. So I'm like, Jose, turn the Crosswatzel up to four. And he has the Crosswatzel dial. He has to change it from six to four. Meanwhile, he's got to tell Francisco what to do to turn the the Cronkle Donk off. And while he's doing that, he's also like, I need you to not do anything. Like, you're just yelling nonsense at each other and trying not to to take too long to accomplish the goals or else everything fails. Yeah. Have you Perfect played this? for a Mario yes. Party. Yeah. Okay. On iOS. It's really fun. Yeah. Uh, it's all local multiplayer. You could do uh, through Bluetooth or Wi-Fi. Yeah. It's pretty nice. All right. Awesome. awesome. Local iOS gameplay is like seriously underrated. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like it's never spoken about enough, but I don't know if we... Uh, I, I just don't... This is all strange to me because I have to be honest with you, like my approach to mobile is to play... The games that I hear everyone talking about. Yeah. For example, like Device 6. I played yeah. that for those reasons. You playing Sword Pancake right now? No, I don't want to play Flappy Cakes. <laughs> my phone's at, at my all. desk. That's Flappy Cakes. That's not Pancake. <laughs> that you know what I'm talking about? That's Flappy what I'm cake? calling it. Oh, okay. Because that's what it feels like. It's just, you know, sort of the same sort of mechanics as just, that Flappy Bird. Just flipping the pancake. Yeah, yeah. That's, just, a, that's you, a really good instead point. Of, yeah, it feels like it's that same, like, I have to break my last score and you are carefully trying to, like, do that. And failing over and over and, and over. And failing over and over and it doesn't bother you. And I, I But anyway, I, I just, I'm not someone who really plays a lot of smartphone games. I play the occasional, you know, I might play Republic, I might play, um, like I mentioned Device 6, I think Device 6 is brilliant use of smartphone. You know, if, if you haven't played that game, uh, it is one that it's sort of a text adventure where as you're scrolling by these sections of text, um, there are sort of background elements, either mood music or noises or even transitions. Like you go to this one section of text and instead of scrolling uh, horizontally, they start making you scroll vertically and you hear the main character walking down a set of steps. <sighs> it is such a yeah. unique way to tell a story. So great. Um, which is not you know, 100% signature of Nintendo games. Nintendo games don't always, you know, present story first. Um, But it's still such a marvelous use of a smartphone and using a device where you're using these sort of gestures as a way to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what's going on? Yeah, I was just thinking of all the great uh, games that Nintendo makes, like, uh, that would be great for iOS. Uh, Mm -hmm. I was thinking about Professor Layton, Beat Agent. Oh, man. Uh, Mario versus Donkey Kong, the one that just got released for Wii U and 3DS. Tipping Stars, yeah. Yeah. So you're thinking more like 
eShop style, very small digital experiences. I mean, that makes more sense for the platform too than like a link to the past sequel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know what that could be like. That's why there's an awkward pause there. I'm just like, <laughs> when does that happen? When is it Mario yeah. and Zelda? And what is going to be my reaction to it? But knowing that they're making those games gives me confidence that at least someone is going to take a hard look at what the device could do for that series. Yeah, and also feel more comfortable about them doing this because I feel like even though they're, they're going to be tackling the mobile space, I feel like if you want, you still want the best experience, you're going to go with their consoles. Like, they're mm -hmm. still going to give you a more develop Zelda on their console. So, like, uh, I don't mm -hmm. feel like they're going to be diminishing those. Uh, yeah, I, well, and I hope that that holds true for them. Uh, so, other side note for folks, DNA currently publishes games we mentioned on the App Store and Google Play Store. No mention of who's getting these games first, if they're going to be launched simultaneously. I would imagine, I mean, from your experience, like, if you're a mobile developer, like, what makes more sense? Do you put it on iOS first, do you put it on Android, or do you put it on both? Yeah, actually, uh, Monument Valley recently uh, released an infographic on how their sales did, and iOS is way ahead of Android. So it would make more sense to release them on iOS first, uh, it's been proven uh, that iOS users are tend to pay more for games, so it would make sense for them to release some iOS first and uh, probably Android later. Okay, all right, and uh, last. So this is my big question for you guys. Nintendo is the company, the only company that I can think of today, except the. Um, actually, I'm not going to use Square as an example, even though on iOS this might be true of Square as well. They have stood their ground on the value of a video game. How much a game costs... Square is 100% on that. Yeah, and that it should not be the race to the bottom that most of the App Store sure. slash Google Play Store has been since, you know, what, 2008, 2000, yeah. whenever those stores launched. Mm -hmm. um, what do you guys think this means? Like, I mean, they ha do you continue to hold that line? What do you price these games at? I, I kind of look at it and just go like, what? What are they going to do? Like, they're up against stuff that's either free to play, which yeah. they have. They have history doing. Steel Diver Sub Wars, like Pokemon Shuffle, like these aren't huge hits because they were isolated to 3DS. But these were still attempts by Nintendo to figure out how free to play works and present that to their audience. Yeah. So put out. Um, they're all smaller games, though. They're not larger games. And they apparently. could still. There's still room for them to do that. There's nothing to stop them from saying like, all right, we're going to try this weird experiment and do a Pokemon game that's completely free. Yeah. And you get a buy Master Ball for four bucks or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. There's or, room or just for health to like keep playing yeah. or something like that. Yeah. But I think the pricing of their games is obviously going to depend on what the games are mm -hmm. and how long they take to make and the amount of people making them. And we really don't know what their development structure is. We don't know what their mobile dev teams look like yet. And I think once we start seeing the games trickle out and we see them start to experiment with pricing, I think it's probably going to change. I wouldn't expect uh, if Nintendo releases something at $15 that it would necessarily stay at that price. It might Has go... there been a success on iOS at $15? Bucks? Like, I, I kind of have the thing. to like, wonder. Chaos Rings got like two sequels on iOS, mm -hmm. and they were 15 bucks each time. That was Square committing to like a new IP on iOS, an RPG, like a Final Fantasy-style RPG at a very premium price. Mm -hmm. And every time they released one, it was like 15 16 17 bucks. Yeah. And it must have done well enough if they kept doing it. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I think the closest one to that price is Minecraft. I think it still goes for nine ninety nine. Yeah. And it sold uh, quite a few on iOS yeah. and Android. Okay. Okay. So that's. I mean, that's good to know. So then, uh, then we should expect like the ten. To yeah. To fifteen dollar range. Uh, but XCOM is twenty bucks as another example. That's right. XCOM was. Yeah. Okay. Bioshock as well. Okay. That port not as great as Correct. XCOM. Yeah, XCOM. I, I feel like they they did a lot better work there. Yeah. But but those are really interesting points. Um, I just I'm curious to see how they tackle pricing. I just think that's going to really matter. Obviously, they have like 30 year old IP that people recognize. Granted, that's also a bigger question. Like today's kids, do they understand the value of like a Nintendo IP? Yeah. I don't really know for sure, but I know that their parents do, and their parents know Nintendo, and so we'll. You know, betting on just people recognizing their brand or recognizing Mario will give that person enough reason to buy that piece of software. Yeah, well, and this is Nintendo, for the first time in a long time, being able to instantly access the youngest generation possible. Yeah. Like, a 10-year-old kid probably has an iPhone at this point. Like, I yeah. see kids everywhere. Maybe it's just a San Francisco thing, but, like, anytime I see a kid, they are on their iPhone, and it freaks me out. Yeah. Guaranteed, though, that kid has games on their phone. Yeah, and if Nintendo can reach that person or reach any kids with phones or with tablets, like if their parents, you know, are showing their babies educational stuff on iPads, that baby's going to grow up going, oh, like games, iPad, got it. If Nintendo can reach those people, that's a massive market of people. Yeah, that like would not necessarily have a 3DS or a Wii U. 
but do you guys sort of subscribe to this theory that this is not going to diminish their work on? I mean, let's be fair. Like, 3DS is what's making them money, but you compare 3DS sales to smartphone sales versus what DS did. And I hate to compare the devices back to back because obviously DS was released pre-iPhone, pre-App Store more specifically. Um, so, granted, it had that chance to just grab the entire market. Yeah, well, this that's goes not back the to case with Francisco's point about cannibalization. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah, the, the thing with uh, uh, bringing mobile games and uh, still keeping your 3DS hardware, I think um, people are going to see that you're able to get more full-fledged games, uh, greater gaming experience. But the mobile games are still going to be there for the more casual players. The, the people that just want to, on their commute, uh, just pick up a play, uh, pick up a game and play real quick. But, um, yeah, I hope that this uh, venture doesn't really diminish or um, kind of affect their development on 3DS games. Because uh, 3DS games, like, you take a Fire Emblem game uh, or games that take a lot of development... Um, those mm-hmm. are really good. I yeah, think. yeah. No, they're they're quality, man. And you don't want to. You definitely don't want to risk that or lose that. And the big thing is, none of us really know what's going to happen here. Like, is this going to be yeah. the thing that spurs people to then become bigger Nintendo fans and buy other Nintendo hardware, or are some of them just going to stop at the gate? I like this game, but this is where I play my games. I'm not buying a hundred and fifty, two hundred dollar so additional device. If to Nintendo, get more. if Nintendo were smart which they seem to be getting. Yeah. With a venture like this, this is a huge step forward into like, welcome to the 21st century. Glad to have you. Yeah. If they keep up with that, they could very easily, one would assume, create some connectivity between platforms. Mm-hmm. They have this unified service between PC, 3DS, Wii U, and mobile. If you buy a mobile game and you can get awesome stuff in like the new Monster Hunter mm-hmm. because you played the Monster Hunter or the Mario game on your iPhone and you could, you know, transfer that data or like it would read your... Like, oh, you bought this game and you played it. Cool. I'm going to pull that data from the cloud and put it in the Monster Hunter on 3DS. And now you get, like, you know, more Samus skins or a Link skin or whatever. Like, having connectivity between that would encourage people to play more Nintendo games on more platforms. Yeah, and that ties into something else that uh, I feel like Iwata said last year where he was talking about the notion of rewarding people for being Nintendo fans. Sure. And the idea that we have to find smart ways to make them sort of, you know, just be cognizant of that and reward them for either buying certain games or or maybe he was even alluding to this. I mean, this is so crazy because it just, it came out of nowhere. And this is the kind of move that you know nintendo is 100 and going on 126 years in business um this this move could be the move that keeps them alive for another 100 plus years like honestly absolutely and you know they it it came down to they were opposed they were opposed they were opposed but finally hey we have to try this because if not our current plan is not working it's not it's it's a success but gaming handhelds are in a very weird place these days vita for everything that that thing is it's such a sophisticated amazing amazing piece of technology unfortunately just no one bought it and the people who have it are very happy yeah and that's not a that's not to dismiss those people at all but 3ds vita like the dedicated gaming handheld got put in a bad place (laughs) because of smartphone games pessimistic question what if this mobile DNA Nintendo new venture thing fails? What happens then? Like, mm-hmm. does Nintendo try it with somebody else? Do they persist? Do they go back to the DS? Do they try to amplify consoles? Do they try to unify console, mobile, and handheld in a way that they haven't before? Mm. Like, uh, what happens if this doesn't work? That's a great question. I think from a quality perspective, those games will be good. I just think the App Store is so competitive, there's no guarantee. So it yeah. is, it's not even a pessimistic question. It's a realistic one. Yeah. Um, I think if it doesn't take off immediately, someone has to take a hard look at price, content, see, and keep it going. Like I don't think this is – this is not a step that you take – this is a full step. This is not a yeah. half step. You're not just going to inch your way forward and say, okay, we're going to do smartphone games, which is the biggest announcement that this company has had in a long time. And then retreat from that. Like they have to stay the course or, you know, course correct essentially. You know, look at what's, what feedback they're getting on these games yep. and why they're not doing well on that market. That said, I think though Nintendo needs to understand a little better what smartphone gaming is. Iwata made some comments to Time that I didn't think were the best comments to make. He sort of made it sound, and I can pull up the quote, but he sort of made it sound like the reason smartphone gamers like their games on their on their devices is because they're easy. 
And uh, do you okay. know what quote I'm talking about yes. here? Yeah. I want yeah. To, can you speak to it a little more? Because I, I just remember reading and going, is this something you really want to be saying? <laughs> like, I don't know for sure. Yeah, I wasn't sure if he's played uh, many of the iOS, the top uh, <laughs> iOS games, but he did say something along those lines that uh, iOS games are short or they're easy to play. And um, What's your response to that? Um, Fool should play the room. Yeah. There's the room, Monument Valley. There's, 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 there are really good um, amount of games that have really unique ways that you interact with the device. Um, Gear Walk has know. a lot of that, and the puzzles are really hard. Like, yeah, it's a short game, but it's not like it's not a like oh, it's just like BS easy video game. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Um, so he was setting context. I'll just read the quote just so – and if we have anything else to add, we will. If not, we'll move on. Uh, let me explain so that nobody will misunderstand. And there's a bit more context to this, but I'm going to do my best. So try and hang in there. I have never intended to dismiss the entertainment experiences that people are enjoying on smart devices or on any other media. On the other hand, my understanding is that on smart devices, the main demand is for very accessible games – which smart device users can easily can easily start and finish. These are not necessarily characteristics that people demand from games for dedicated video game systems. I would I would interpret that in a way that is less like, oh, people want short games that they can throw away. I would assume that's something like you want a game like Threes where you can play through something very, very quickly mm-hmm. and get a full experience that's in a, good a couple minutes and then do it again and okay. again and again. Like yeah. And if that's the experience they want to create where I want to keep coming back to the same Nintendo game and flipping the same stupid pancake yep. over and over, yeah. awesome. Yeah. And I guess that's what you – I'm glad you pointed that out because maybe that's what that meant by easily start and easily finish. It's so weird when interpreted interviews because you can't always tell the intent, right? Yeah. But it could just mean, hey, something I can take out of my pocket, start playing, and put it away just as fast. And Nintendo does have a catalog of games that are like that. That's why this struck me as odd because it's not like – that's a new thing. Like, yeah. Tipping Stars works that way. WarioWare works that way. Rhythm Heaven works that way. There are so many IPs that they have that do, in fact, work that way. So why why call that out? Why say that? Anyway, yeah, that is what that is. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about that other thing that he dropped. Awada uh, apparently said during this conference, and something that, to some degree, he had to say. You don't know what that is. Don't worry. You're going to hear that in one minute when we return. Jose Otero here with Mitch Dyer. What? And Francisco Velasquez. What's going on, guys? We are going to talk about something that had... Okay, so let's let's just put it out there. This had to happen during this announcement. So this is the thing that when I was was in Poland and this whole thing was happening, I left to go to an event and I missed this. So catch me up. Yeah. Okay. I've I've since got like the gist, but like fill me in. What happened? So Iwata, during the announcement that Nintendo and DNA were going to be joining forces to make video games for smartphone devices using Nintendo IP, just dropped the code name of Nintendo's next system, which is a dedicated gaming hardware on a brand based on a brand new concept is all he's willing to say. Brand new and it concept. it is codenamed NX. Now, when I say this had to happen at this event, we all should know why. Because Nintendo does not want you, dear listener, or anyone who follows that company or purchases stock <laughs> to think Nintendo is abandoning the notion of making their own hardware. Yeah, yeah. They absolutely, they just put out a new 3DS a, a month ago. They have a new console in the works. They've, I mean, everyone who listens to this podcast, hopefully by now you know, the minute a console ships, the next one's getting worked on. That's yep. just the nature of this business. Welcome everyone's living in the, it, Yeah, everyone's living in the future. This is, this is natural. But uh, dropping that code name had to happen here because he didn't want anyone to get skittish and say, what, Nintendo's getting out of hardware? What? Focusing (laughs) on mobile, it's all over. Yeah, or or go the route of Sega. I mean, Sega was the last company, I think, that made hardware that did that, that said, we're out. We're going to instead go multi-platform. What if this device is a smart device? 
I don't think it is. I don't. I, so that's a great question. So we don't. So first of all, for folks, we don't know anything about this thing. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> even the greatest ninjas don't know. Yeah. Like, like the, the we just, didn't hear any yeah, rumblings about this at this all. This is locked down tight. So this is us sort of trying to figure out, you know, or just just speculate a little bit, mm-hmm. or even toss out there. You brought up an interesting thing to me, which you should bring up later um, about the current system. Yeah. But uh, I'm talking to Francisco with that. But yeah, I, a smart device. I mean, why would you get in bed to make smartphones? Uh, or excuse me, to make smartphone games and then make your own smartphone. Like I just, I don't think Nintendo. If Nintendo wanted to make a phone, Nintendo would have just made a sure. phone. Sure. Yeah, and I don't think they have the infrastructure to support that. I mean, all right. So more and more though, you're hearing them. Sorry, just to throw no, this out no, there, fine. you're hearing themselves describe themselves as an entertainment company. Yes. More and more that they are, you know, sort of over over. They are responsible for a catalog of of IP that's 30 years old, that's popular, that people know for the most part. Um, so the idea to to uh, work on smartphones was simply because the opportunity is that big and they shouldn't be missing that. They can make money on it. And you know what? The stock price has been flying ever since this announcement happened. Uh, but back to NX, what do you think? I don't know. Like I'm, I'm running through like 25 different scenarios about what this thing could be. And a lot of them make sense, right? Like, okay, let's assume it's the next Game Boy. Cool. It's a new 3DS. It's a new, 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 new 3DS. It's got all these new features. It's all, it's cool. Whatever. That's it. Got it. New portable handheld. Cool. What if it's also something that is, in addition to being like a new Game Boy, is compatible with existing Nintendo iOS games? What if there is some functionality that allows it to basically operate as a as a phone, like a touchscreen, but it's also got you know thumbsticks, 3D, whatever. Like it having access to 3DS games, new and old, having access to Google Play stuff that's on that store or the, mm-hmm. any whatever, whatever marketplace those mini games we talked about, wherever those exist, if that could all be on one machine. Mm-hmm. Nintendo now has a, uh, a way to unify its new software on mobile and its existing software on Nintendo handheld. Yeah, that could be interesting. Could also be a uh, obviously like a Wii U successor, where it's a full blown new console with some weird new technolo- technological concepts. It could be the thing that I've always dreamed of, which is a unification between home hardware and portable gaming. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that looks like, but the <laughs> the Wii U is basically a gigantic 3DS. Yeah. So yeah. if you can find a way for me to be able to like take that gamepad on the go, yep. perfect. Yeah, but not be that big of a game right, pad. right. Like, yeah. what if the, the controller for my home console is just like the new Game Boy? What do you think? Well, when I first heard the news, I thought it was gonna be the successor to the Wii U. And when they bring out that it's they're working on a brand new technology, that's a uh, brand new very, concept. Yeah, yeah brand new concept. That's uh, very interesting. Um, so I just want to know, uh, I want to be sure that uh, th- that this new system, that's replacing uh, a really good, uh, a solid hardware. Like the Wii U, of course, is not going to compete with Xbox, PS4 graphics, but the Wii U has really good uh, games experiences. Mm-hmm. You have Mario Kart 8, you have Smash Brothers. Um, Pikmin. A, a Pikmin. Yeah, yeah. It's really good. You can uh, name and keep going. Yep. Uh, I just want to know what this new system will do that will not follow on the same mistakes that the Wii U had. Sure, sure. So learning from the mistakes of Wii U, what could the system be? And I mean, flat out, the first one is stay away from the confusion. Like from the moment <laughs> Don't of, call it of Wii. the announcement. Yeah, d- like leaning on that name. Um, I still remember the presentation and I still understood it was a new device. But when I walked out and saw a lot of people who didn't understand what exactly this was, I could not blame them because, and it's been said to death, right? The name, like the name, was a, a really poor it's choice. Deeply confusing. Yeah, deeply confusing. Like just something that. Uh, oh, can I play Wii games on it? Uh, not really. Yeah, and and you know sh- the controller. You remember leading up until uh, the announcement, until they actually showed it, Project Cafe, and everyone talking oh, about, yeah. you know, there's going to be a screen on it, and there was all this excitement. And then when it was shown, I think there was still some excitement. There was a ton of excitement, but then when the game started coming out, and they didn't really figure out the best way to handle the concept, Yeah, that's when people started to get, I feel, cold feet. There was confusion as to, okay, is this an add-on or not? But there was also, hey, the games that are coming out aren't fully taking advantage of what this can be or what this yeah. can do. And even if they were, it didn't feel natural. It didn't well, just, feel in line with I feel like games. they still have that problem to some extent. Like, we played some Mario Party last night, and I really wanted to play it with the gamepad. Mm-hmm. But my girlfriend had the gamepad, and it's like, well, I guess I'll dig out the Wii remotes so, like, I know where those are. Yeah. 
And yeah, like, yeah. how many people have enough Wii remotes to accommodate a party game like that, or Mario Kart, or even yeah. multiplayer in 3D World? Yeah, mm-hmm. but to some extent, like the 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 number of controller options is convenient, but it feels like no game ever tracks them the same way. Like it feels like. For example, you can play eight-player multiplayer in Smash Brothers, and you can either do that using the GameCube controller adapter and just chain it together so you have eight, or you can use wireless, like, you know, Wii remotes and, and Wii, Wii uh, Pro controllers. But uh, even one though gamepad. you're... Yeah, even, yeah, well, one gamepad, but also that everyone just sort of loses track of which controller they are. Like, it's yeah. like, oh, which finger is me? Like, you have to kind of yeah. search for it for a minute because even though you're holding a controller that you think you're player three, you actually ended up player five somehow and you didn't even know how that happened. Like, and that, that's more, what I'm t- I guess, what I'm talking about there. But yeah, the, the fact that there is one gamepad and uh, not a lot of ways that really took great advantage of it has, has kind of been a, an issue for them. Um, for the longest time on this show. Oh, any other things before I move on to that? Any other things, the mistakes on Wii U that, you know, they have to make sure NX does not mm-hmm. do out of the gate, does not have out of the gate? Does Amiibo continue on with this? I think so. Yeah. I think Amiibo is here to. to stay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly. Selling too well. Yeah. We, we asked at E3 and obviously the stock answer is, of course, whether it did well or it bombed at yeah. E3, that was going to be the answer. Of course. But it is Now that it's doing really, well. Yeah. It's doing super well. Yeah. There's no reason to back away from it. However, Brace yourselves. Oh, more Amiibo. <laughs> Don't more do it. The, the now you get to your iPhone, Mario Amiibo. No, no, no. iPhone doesn't have NFC, right? No. Uh, so the new iPhone 6 and 6 Plus have NFC, but right now no, it's kidding. locked down just for Apple Pay. Uh, so when okay. you go grocery shopping, you tap your yeah, phone. Yeah, yeah. Right now the API is locked down. Uh, hopefully at this year's WWDC, uh, Apple will come out and say, hey, developers, you can now use the NFC, but so far right now, all you could use is Apple Pay. Okay, okay. Uh, and then it, it'll be a race for Skylanders yeah. and uh, is, Amiibo. Exactly. Wait, is Android's IP, uh, Apple, uh, excuse me, NFC open then? Yeah, it's open. Uh, there's oh, wow. actually a really cool app called Tasker where you could buy actual NFC chips from Amazon. They're like stickers. They're yeah. really thin. They're like $25 for four stickers. And what you could do is, uh, you download this app on your Android device called Tasker. You put one of those stickers in your, by your nightstand at home when you're going to go to bed. You just put your phone down on that NFC sticker, and you could write instructions to that NFC. You could say, okay, when I put my phone down on this NFC sticker, um, turn off my alarm, uh, put my phone in silent, uh, turn off Wi-Fi. Uh, I, you could have one at your car so that when you get to your car, you put down your phone on the sticker and it says turn on Bluetooth, connect to my car, start playing music, open maps. That's so, so great. Yeah. yeah. Man. Uh, nice. That's pretty cool, man. So, yeah. So, Andrew has a full standard for NFC. Already. Okay. Cool. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Th- then just to drive home that point about, you know, what NX needs to do, NX just needs to not be confusing. From the minute yeah. people see it, people need to understand why it's cool and you need that sort of... Uh, <laughs> what was so great to an extent about Wii, which at the time, let's face it, we all were reacting negatively to it's still 480p, you're not yeah. going to be in HD. But the minute you saw someone use it, you knew what it can do. And that was such good marketing yeah. for them. That was so easy. And it, it fit that message of we're going to try and bring in as many gamers as we can into this pool. Um, but do they even keep doing that? Do they even keep trying that with the next dedicated gaming platform? Do you want to even I mean, see if they that? have new concepts, that maybe that's what that points to, but I don't know. I think it's very signature of Nintendo at this point to just have games that have a broad reach. And some yeah. don't quite capitalize on that reach, like Mario Party. Like, I feel like, you know, there, there's a wide pool of people who like Mario Party, but there's always that group that's bummed out that it's not a better board game. Sure. But then you have games like Mario Kart that span the whole spectrum, and I don't think anyone's complaining. Like, I honestly haven't met a person, too many people who complain about certain things in Mario Kart or in Smash Brothers or in the next Mario platformer. Um, Zelda depends on who you talk to, I (laughs) think. And which game you're talking about. (laughs) And which game you're talking about, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Games like that would be great, right? Games that are, like, more traditional, in Mm -hmm. big air quotes but still allow people to play the way they want to. Like, if you have a Pro Controller or if you have a GameCube controller, if you have a Wii Remote, like, you can use those. Yep. Play how you want. Yep. So then um, <laughs> the last thing with in terms of NX uh, is that on this podcast for the longest time, uh, contributor and awesome, he's on vacation, Per Schneider, constantly has been banging the drum about how 
he thinks the next system unifies uh, both the portable and the hand. And, and, hey, and Pear the, and I are on the same page. Yeah, and so the console. You guys, you guys have been, I guess you guys are together. And for the longest time, I have been against this. I You're have always crazy said. crazy man. Well, hang on a minute. Let me, <laughs> right, let me, get, right, let me get, right. get to my point. I have, I have a couple of reasons okay. why, and people who listen to this show know why. First of all, um, and I haven't, I haven't articulated this reason, but I feel like it, it seems a bit too obvious. Like, what's the novel concept here outside of, I feel like for the past couple of years, like, there have been plenty of companies that have been trying to find some kind of common ground between the game you take with you and the game you play at home yeah. and a way to sort of transfer saves between them. I mean, I PSP feel like failed, Sony, Vita's failed at yeah, that. So, 3DS has, to some extent has kind of failed because like you just get yeah. two different versions of Smash. And I just, I also can't help but wonder what's so novel about that idea. Like, don't get me wrong, I think the lines are blurred these days where the portable game is not limited to a specific type of experience because in the portable pool, you can have a game like Tipping Stars and you can have a game like Majora's Mask that just came out. And when Majora's Mask first came out, that was a console game. <laughs> Like, I, I think that's fine. Um, and the more I think about that, it makes me wonder, maybe this is actually happening. My other reason, though, to be staunchly against this, honestly, is it just feels too obvious. Like, when has Nintendo been obvious? When? Good point. You tell me when. Like, you can see what was coming next and say, yep, it's going to be that. You couldn't predict the Wii. You couldn't have predicted Wii U. Like, I you couldn't have like... predicted a 3DS with a slightly better screen. <laughs> to be fair, I don't think you could have. Like, I don't. <laughs> They're I don't never going to do that. Was yeah. everyone's response? And that I just, been I fine. feel like whatever hardware. Uh, don't get me wrong. I don't need something that's a gimmicky console. Sure, me either. I don't, and I don't want. I don't that. think any I specifically of specifically don't want. Yeah, that. do you want yeah. that? No. Like a gimmicky sort of system. Yeah, I don't think no. any of us do. But at the same time, Nintendo has such a unique. They usually approach hardware in a unique way in something that's cool or different. But that same thing that's different ends up ostracizing them from third parties. And they go, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to make a game for this because porting it's going to be a pain. Uh, or, you know, like look, look at either from a controller perspective, look at from a graphics perspective. How many more ways do we need to interact with our games? Like I'm kind of over the amount of inputs we have, whether it's like it's motion or it's VR or it's mm -hmm. touch or it's yeah. like six axis, <laughs> wiggle the controller around a little bit. Like yeah. I just don't need any of that. Yeah. I'm fine. Like, just I am so fine with mouse, keyboard, controller. That's yeah. it. It's all I need. Sure. No, and I and I and I agree with you. And I hope it's not a gimmick. And I hope that if it is that platform. So th this entire announcement and hearing this has made me sort of and seeing them approach a smartphone a company that makes you know sort of has a, has games in the smartphone market just has me wondering. Maybe they are combining them. The fact that they unified their hardware teams, portable and and home console, a couple years ago. That's another clue. Like, I, I get what everyone is, is sort of excited about. I just hope it's more than just that. Because to me, that's not novel. To me, I want it to be something that at the end of the day, this is going to be an awesome console with awesome games. And to be fair, maybe their consoles aren't always awesome, but their games are always awesome. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm looking forward to. What can I say, man? That's me. See, I feel you, brother. All right. Anything to add? No. no. Anybody? I think I, I think I talked about everything All right. that I had to say. About you? Well, I was just gonna say about uh, continue talking about the uh, combining the mobile yeah. and uh, console. I think that uh, the hardware is kind of there right now. Uh, it, it might be too expensive. For example, if you get uh, the latest iPad uh, Air two and you buy an Apple TV, you could actually play a game on your iPad and display it up on your TV, and the graphics are really good. Uh, the hardware uh, at CEO, mm -hmm. uh, he said that the iPad Air 2 had console level graphics. Yeah, I don't know right. which console he was talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, this could be certainly better than the PlayStation 1. 2. Yeah, yeah. PlayStation 2. No, but it's really nice hardware, but uh, it is expensive. Mm -hmm. iPad 2s, you know, they go up for upwards of $400, and we know Nintendo wouldn't. Uh, release a hardware that at least expensive. that's been their philosophy yeah. for years right keep yeah the wii u is the wii u is the most expensive console they have made just like 3ds was also the most expensive handheld they'd ever made and both of them struggled out of the gate as a result like uh, well for other reasons as yeah. well but that being uh, a principal one because once they want to reach people down, they don't want it like if they're yeah. prohibitive in any way then they don't have customers like yeah. the reason we succeeded was like hey this thing's 200 bucks yeah just here you go yeah have fun yeah comes with a game all 100% true. Oh man, I can't, can't, can't believe it. Uh, next time, year, too bad we won't, next year, you think? Next year they talk about it. That doesn't mean it comes out next year. And if that's the case, I think we, we see it. In you think you see it in 2017? It's out. No, in 2017, maybe. 
But I think that'll be the first so, year we see it. We'll whoa, hear whoa, a lot whoa, about whoa. it Back next up. year. So you're saying 2016 they talk about it. 2017 we finally see it. I think 2016 they don't talk about it. But they're saying they don't talk about it till next year. Like why? Like that's like his. Uh, so 2015 they won't acknowledge it any more than they already have. Why not? Zelda. They don't want to dilute the, the new Wii U. Like this is 100 percent true. Wii U this year, like Zelda is Wii U this year. Anything that can dilute that, anything th- that can get people thinking about, like oh, there's something. To- Forget Zelda. No, there's no way. Yeah. So it's all Zelda all year from here on out. 2016, it'll go one of two ways. One, they will announce uh, a wide library of amazing new games for Wii U that will close it out in 2016. Yeah. Or they'll go, oh, uh, we're out. So CWD3 with the NX. Yeah. But I really think that next year they, like, I don't know, man. Like it depends how long this thing's whatever... been in development. It depends how far along it is. But yeah. I think that next year, like they could conceivably keep pushing Wii U stuff. And maybe talk about, like, yeah, and, like, next year we're really excited to talk to you about our new hardware initiative in 2017. I think I agree with you a little bit only because also if you think about it. So the one thing we didn't mention in the early part of the show is that these smartphone games, we're actually going to see the first fruits of them uh, in the fall of this year. Awesome. Whatever they end up being. And they said they're not flooding the market with a bunch of games. They're only Mm going to be very selective on how many they put out. But if that's successful, that can put them in a position where they could prolong what the next hardware is going to look like. So I see it from that perspective. And absolutely, no mention of NX will happen between now and next year. Not even a whisper. It's going to get shot down in every interview because as long as Zelda's on time... Yep. Zelda is the future, and Zelda is a. Gr- Anyone who listens to this show knows how much we love about, love uh, the Legend of Zelda. Yeah. How big and important that franchise is to to Nintendo and to a lot of people who grew up playing that series. Um, and man, E three better be the coming out party for Zelda because if it's not, that is what sends cold feet to everyone. Yeah. thinking that Zelda's delayed. What the heck am I going to be doing with my console this no, fall? No, because then after E3, like a week later, they'll do the uh, Nintendo Direct where they have everything, don't, including don't the release date, the 30 hours of gameplay on live stream. Don't do this to me. <laughs> you know it's coming. Oh, <sighs> what do you think? That's never happened before, Jose. Yeah, yeah. stop it. Just just stop it. Don't don't troll me, bro. <laughs> no, Wait, yeah, what's they up? have to show us more so that E3. Yeah. So, like, um, we'll find out, like you said, from whatever they show us, uh, we'll find out if that game is coming out this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then there's still Star Fox. There's still Yoshi's Woolly World. There's still Mario Maker. I mean, Splatoon will be before E3, but that's out. This has been a much healthier year, at least for Wii U software. It feels like there are games throughout this calendar year that we are actually... We don't know anything about 2016 yet, do we? Nothing. Um, I mean, Maybe the 2016 only... 2016 is the next year. Let's not forget uh, Xenoblade, uh, excuse me, Xenoblade Chronicles X yes. is also a 20... Uh, it should be a 2015 game. I don't think Believe they, it when I see it. A, yeah. Well, <laughs> and Japan, Japan's getting it at the end of next month, I believe. Oh, wow. End of April. Okay. The question is, when does U.S. get it? I yeah. think U.S. gets it like October, if it's this year. Um... No, but 2016 is, is still a big question mark. We know that, you know, there are a couple of companies quietly working on things, uh, like the Luigi's Mansion developer is working on things. Uh, oh, yeah, they're, next level they're games. in Vancouver, right? Yes, and they okay. have pledged to do work with Nintendo, you know, exclusively, for, at least for right now. What's Retro doing? Where's the new Metroid? Retro Maybe those are separate something. questions. Yeah, like, so there, there's going to be stuff in the pipe. And, yeah, they, I, I agree with you that they could absolutely go silent on NX, but I do think that... Nintendo does want to save face on the gaming hardware front as soon as possible, and I do think that that is going to prompt them to talk about. If NX they had next not year. talked about NX this year or this week or this whatever now, yeah, this announcement, we would not have thought about this until next year. Like end of next year, I bet we'd be going. I think it's about time. For yeah, you. like I don't think we would after E3 this year and after Zelda comes out. Go, you know what? I'm kind of done with Wii U. I think it's time for something new in 2016. Yep. Don't think that'd be a thought in our mind. Yeah. And I don't think it's a thought in Nintendo's mind. I think they did this, like you said, to save face. Yeah. And we'll hear about it in two years. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I I, I think uh, I think that's a that's a it's a pretty safe bet. I, I'm gonna go if they talk about it next year, just because I think that they need to. It's it's unfortunate for Wii U, but I think it's time. I think it's just time to move on and. If not, maybe I'll agree with you on smartphone gaming and the success there will allow them to prolong it because they'll be making money. Potentially a lot of it. We'll see. So if they do announce it next year and comes out later 2017, would the Wii U be the shortest living Nintendo console? It could be. It could be. Um, I think GameCube, let's look that. uh, Four years, right? 
Yeah, GameCube. Great question. Wish I knew off the top of my head. And I That's don't. why we have Wikipedia. That's why we have. That's why we have just me vamping, talking about nothing at all, while Jose just <laughs> takes his sweet time loading up this Wikipedia page uh, to acquire so, the information that so we awkward. need regarding right, the question so about how GameCube long. GameCube <laughs> was. Uh, should we go with Japanese release date or North American release date? Japanese. I know it was a Japanese 2001 console. Okay, Japan, September 2001, uh, and then we. But I mean, America got Wii first. Yeah, let's. That was unprecedented. Let's go from so first release, regardless of country. Okay, 2006. They both came out the same year, regardless. So okay. it was a 2001 release to 2006. Wii U was released in 2012, unless yeah. I'm crazy. So that would put it. If my theory's right, about five years. All right. And I don't want to date the death of Wii U, man. I feel like <laughs> so I, mean, I feel bad for anyone who's listening to this. They're like, I'm not buying this console. I'm no. done. No, Wii U's got a lot of life left in it. Yeah, no, November uh, 2012, uh, that would mean, yeah, if if 2017 was the date, what we're talking about 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016, so four years. Four years. Yeah, before it, they move on. And that could still happen, you know? There's life after Zelda. But, man. A Wii U Metroid game, reveal. man. And Where is that? Metroid game. Where yeah. is it? It's, I think it's inevitable. All right. Well, thank you for listening to Nintendo Voice Chat. Hopefully, you're still with us. And we have been talking endlessly about this DNA deal and this NX deal. And it's only because this is possibly the biggest thing you're going to hear about for a long time. I don't think anything as big is going to happen this year, except whatever we hear at E3. You're making the future of NVC sound really bleak. I hope We're never going to have anything interesting <laughs> like this to talk about again. Oh, we're going to have plenty of interesting things yeah, to talk about. You, you know are. what else we have? We have a bunch of other... Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I have a question. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Do, you, do we know when we'll be seeing the first uh, N, uh, DNA mobile games? Oh, yeah, they fall. said fall. Fall. Yeah, fall. fall 2015. And yeah. also... Are you going to be reviewing most of the <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out. It's uh, a mobile game. It'll fall yeah. to me and Marty. Yeah, I'll be like, yo, somebody, I just, I don't know if I could do this. I'm not, we'll see. It, it depends on my, uh, on, on my interest level, but I, uh, I would defer totally to Marty and, and to, uh, to Mitch just because I know they play a ton of mobile games and they have some really good expertise there. So the next time I see you, you're going to be Sad playing Panda. on your iPhone instead of your 3DS. Man, if it's fall 2015, I'm playing Zelda. Yeah. That's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, please make sure that comes out this year. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. All right, well, thank you for listening to Nintendo Voice Chat. We are a part of IGN. We are a weekly show, and we're not the only thing on IGN. There's plenty of stuff for you to do here. You can head on over, read some previews. We have some cool stuff hitting the site on Monday. I can't tell you what it Ooh, is, but I, I can tell is. you it'll be fun to read, so you uh-huh. should definitely check uh-huh. that out. Um, also, Mitch is a regular contribu- contributor excuse me, on Podcast Unlocked, which is mm-hmm. IGN's Xbox show. It's really good. As well Everything as IGN Microsoft. Arena, our eSports podcast. That's right. Very YouTube.com slash IGN Arena. Subscribe. Yep. And they, uh, they're doing some really cool stuff there. Mm-hmm. If you have any complaints about the IGN <laughs> mobile app. <laughs> or Francisco, good things to say. <laughs> or good things to say. And you should yes. say good things. Uh, people are five working stars, five stars <laughs> <laughs> on the App Store at Google Play. Uh, Francisco, and uh, soon it's going to be just you. You're going to be uh, leading that for a little bit, hopefully, or working on it, you know, uh, for a while. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to hearing more from you and what kind of cool stuff you're cooking up. All, All right. right so I you- want everyone who's re- listening right now to go review the Android app. And just give it five stars and just talk about Francisco. Yeah. Don't talk about the app. Just talk about how great Francisco is. Wow. Got a great voice. Just a handsome man. Five stars. Five stars. Nice work. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So you can find uh, – oh, before I announce Twitter handles or get, let you guys say Twitter handles, uh, really quickly, if you have feedback on the show, make sure you email us at mvc at IGN.com. As a matter of fact, we should come up with a question of the week for people because we haven't had one in a while. What's oh, a man. great question from this week's episode that you think we can drop on people? Mm. Anyone who's faithfully still listening with us after Ooh. 55 minutes. I have one. What do you got? Uh, what um, launch game would you like to see on the NX? If you could pick any. I know oh, Zelda man. would be hard because there's a new Zelda coming out. So it would be almost impossible. So Zelda's say. not on the table. Yeah, right. Not on the table. <laughs> what is the, the launch day killer app for NX? Yeah, yeah. what do you want to What's the game see? that would get you to buy an NX day one? I have the answer already, but you're not going to find out until next week. Ooh. I'll ask you guys for the answer. Uh, yeah, that's right. I said it. Uh, but yeah, there you go. If you're going to answer that question, email us, nbc at IGN.com. In the subject line, write Q-O-T-W. NX launch game 
Very specific. Yeah, very, well, I like <laughs> you to run know. a tight ship here. I run a tight ship on this one, and we'll read some comments next week. I absolutely promise. All right. So, lastly, Twitter handles. You can find Mitch Dyer at Mitchy D. You can find Francisco Velasquez at. Uh, Kikin81. Spell that, bro. K-I-K-I-N-81. All right. And you can find myself, Jose underscore Otero. Thank you very much for listening slash watching. And we will be back next week with more Nintendo Voice Chat. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.